are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The great resurrection chapter is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read several verses, starting in the first verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, lest, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, Paul says, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be a, no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I'm going to stop with the 19th verse. The whole entire chapter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that 12th verse, if you'll notice tonight... Uh, let me see, in the 12th verse, yes, Paul said, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? Folks, there has always been uh, people, uh, critics and infidels and so on, who didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's always been. They haven't just started, but they've always been. Paul had them here in his day. I think you'll find that this was some maybe 25 years after the resurrection of Jesus when Paul wrote this scripture here to the church at Corinth. He says, why is it some among you that say there is no resurrection? There's people in that day that said there was no resurrection. But you know, Christian people, saved people, born-again people believe in the resurrection. You know that? They believe in the resurrection, you see. And uh, we just didn't start believing in the resurrection. The Old Testament saints believed in resurrection. They believed in bodies being raised 
from the dead. You remember the story about Abraham when God told him to take his son Isaac and offer him up on Mount Moriah. And uh, when he did, he took his child and he told his servants, he said, you stay here while I and the lad go yonder on the mountain and worship. And uh, we'll return. If you remember, uh, Isaac uh, had the wood laid upon him, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he was going up that mountain, Isaac said to his father, we've got the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And the Lord uh, Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. Then if you remember when he drawed the knife back to kill his own son, uh, the scripture says the Lord spoke and there was a ram caught in the thicket and he took that ram and offered it as a sacrifice. But the, uh, Abraham said this, he said, I and the lad will you go yonder and worship and come again. Now the Lord had told Abraham to kill his son, but he says, we're coming back. You know why? He believed in the resurrection. That's exactly it. Turn over in your Bible. Let's just take time tonight to just turn, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 with me just a minute. And let's take time just to read a few verses as we go along. Here's a man believed in the resurrection. And uh, thank God for that. In uh, Hebrews chapter 11, look in verse 17. Hebrews 11 and verse 17, if you will. Notice what it says. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Notice verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. What did Abraham do? Abraham, the Bible said, accounting that God was able to raise up Isaac from the dead. Abraham believed in the resurrection. He believed in the resurrection, you see. And then, you know, remember the story about Elisha, the old prophet Elisha. He believed in the resurrection. He believed in people uh, coming forth from the, from the dead. Over in the book of Second Kings, uh, Elisha tells us a story. If you'd like to turn back there in the Old Testament... Go way back to Second Kings, the fourth chapter. Elisha was coming through uh, through this area, and uh, this Shudamite woman was very nice and kind. And she said to her husband, "This is God's man." And she said, "Let's uh, let's let's make a room here for him. Let's build a prophet's room." And when Elisha comes through, said, "Let's put a table." And uh, put a lamp in here and put a bed and said, let God's man rest and let him always know he's at home here at our house. And so Elisha said to that woman one day, he said, uh, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see God do something for you folks. And Elisha no doubt noticed they didn't have any children. He said, you had any children? No, we don't have any children. We can't have any children. Elisha said, well, I'll tell you, the Lord's going to give you a child. And Elisha prayed and God gave this couple a child. Well, a little fella growed up, you know, and was out one day in the field with his father thrashing wheat, and he took a terrible headache, and he died. And, and uh, boy, here's a man now that just prayed that God would give him a child, and now God's took the child, and he died. So she sent word for Elisha to come, the man of God to come. When he came in Second Kings chapter 4, uh, verse number 32 says this. Listen to this. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead. Now, the liberals and the moderns don't believe that, but the child was D-E-A-D, dead. 
dead. It was dead. Something's dead is dead. Amen. This little boy was dead. That's what the Bible said. He's dead. And don't anybody try to tell you that the Greek says something else. It's dead. Amen. That's what it means. You know, so many people are always finding something new today, uh, twisting something around, hunting something new. We don't need something new. Just believe what God says. That's it, my friend. This child died. Elisha said it was dead in verse 32 and laid upon his bed. Notice verse 33. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And then he went up and lay upon the child. Elijah stretched himself upon the child, and he put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. God brought life back. Elisha believed in the resurrection. Amen. Notice verse 35. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. You see? Boy, this resurrection business just didn't begin. The Old Testament saints believed in resurrecting bodies, you see. The child sneezed seven times and opened his eyes, the Bible said. And he called... Jehazer, that was, uh, that was Elisha's servant, and said, Call this Shudamite, get this woman. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground, took up her son, and went out. The child died. Elisha raised the child from the dead. We could go on in the Bible. I think of Job. All the troubles old Job had. Job was looking for the resurrection. i tell you one thing, folks. You may have a lot of troubles, but if you're saved, you got something to look forward to. you got the resurrection to look forward to. But if you haven't got the resurrection to look forward to, you don't have much to look forward to. You know what? You know, none of us knows how long we're going to live. None of us knows that. People die young as well as they die old. Everybody expects to live to be old. And then when you get old, you keep on hanging on. You don't want to die. I mean, that's natural. You know, you don't really want to die. Folks say, oh, I can't hardly wait. I don't know whether you could or not. If you had a pain tonight, we'd call the ambulance. You'd want us to do everything you could to keep you here. I mean, let's, let's just face a fact. We want to live. We sure do. But listen, folks, let me tell you, the older a person gets, if he don't have the blessed hope in his heart that there's a resurrection, he don't have much to look forward to. Do you know that? I think that's what Ecclesiastes said. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not. And when the years come and say that thou hast no, no pleasure in them. You know, a, a, a miserable person is a person who's growing old but don't have any hope after this life. That person don't have any hope at all. But I'll tell you, a happy person is a person who's growing old and knows there's a resurrection and is peeping over on the other side and rejoicing about it. And that person's happy, my friend. That person's happy, you see. Job was going through all of his trials, lost all ten of his children, lost all of his material things. Even his wife didn't understand. She thought he ought to curse God and die and all of that. But through it all, Job had a ray of joy and of hope because he believed in the resurrection. Listen to what he said in Job chapter 9. 19 and in verse number 25 listen for i know that my redeemer liveth friend let me stop right here just a minute that is worth more than anything else in all this wide world that you could do give your child a good education do that if you can. But this is worth 10,000 times more than a good education for your child to know that they've got a Redeemer, that, that they are saved. 
That's worth more than all this world and the worlds and all the worlds he could mention put together is to know that you've got a redeemer, my friend. I've made this statement several times. I'll, I'll quote it again over and over. If I had to take my preference, I'd rather for my children. And yet there's a lot of people that had rather for their children to be popular than to be spiritual. But thank God, not all. There's a lot rather for them to be spiritual. But I started to say, if I had, if I couldn't have both, I had rather for my children to go through this life not able to write their name, would have to make an X and not, not write their name, and to know the Redeemer than to go through this life with PhDs and DDs and all the Ds or whatever you want to call, hanging on to their name and not believe this book right here. And we've got a lot of infidels and atheists and and uh, and all kinds today that have got so smart they think they've outsmart God and it, and they're as miserable as they can be because they do not have a redeemer. Job, in the midst of his troubles and trials, with balls from the top of his feet to the uh, top of his head to the bottom of his feet, suffering one time, suffered so they didn't speak for seven days could say out of all of it, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Isn't that a great? Aren't, aren't you glad you know there's a resurrection day? Bless God's old fellow said there's a getting up day some of these days. Praise the Lord for that. There's a getting up day. And I'm glad it is. Let me finish reading this verse right here. I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Though after my skin worms destroy this body. Job said, let worms go ahead and destroy this old body. Yet in my flesh shall I see God. What a, what a victory this man had in his heart. I'm going to see God one of these days, he said. In my flesh, I'm going to look upon God. Whom I shall see for myself, mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Yes, the Old Testament saints believed in resurrection bodies, my friend. And yet, go back to my text over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What did Paul say? He said, how say? How say? How can you say, some of you, that there is no resurrection? He says in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 15, How say, some among you, there is no resurrection? Yet there's some who doesn't believe in the resurrection. First of all, let's think about the infidelity of the resurrection or the people that doesn't believe in the resurrection. The Bible calls a group Sadducees in the Bible. That's a pretty good name, Sadducee. They're sad. They don't have any hope whatsoever. They're sad. Over here in the book of Matthew, in chapter 22, the Bible says something about them. Matthew chapter 22, and uh, let's see, in verse number 23, listen to what the Lord says. Uh, he said, the same day, Jesus said, came unto him the Sadducees, which say there's no resurrection. And they ask him this. I'm reading from Matthew 22, verse 23 and verse 24. Saying, Master, Moses said if a man dies, have no children, his brother shall marry his wife, raise up seed into his brother. Well, that was right. According to the law, if a man died, his wife, his brother was supposed to marry his wife. Now they come to, they come to Jesus with a story and uh, they said, Master, now here's a feller, uh, said he died. And I mean, yes, he died and said his brother 
married his wife. And then that brother died. And then he said the other brother married his wife. And that one died. And he said all seven brothers died. And she married all of them. Now he says, whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? Jesus said, you don't even know what you're talking about. He says, you're ignorant. You err from the Scriptures. You read the story. I'll not read it all. But he said, you err from the Scriptures. You don't know anything about the power of God. You don't know anything about the Scriptures. He says, in the resurrection, there's not going to be any marrying nor giving in marriage, you see. Uh, he didn't say there's going to be angels. But he said, we're going to be as the angels, see. No marrying in heaven, you see. These Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They hung them on their own selves, you see. And so there's always been a crowd that didn't believe in the resurrection, you see. Uh, uh, over in the book of Luke, in chapter number 4, uh, the Bible says here when the, when the Christians were being persecuted, in, uh, not, I mean in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, listen to what he said, Acts 4, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and here they are again, and the Sadducees came upon them. Now here's Peter. And John, and they're being persecuted. In Acts chapter 3, the Lord through them had just healed this lame man. Acts chapter 4, they're preaching what? The resurrection. You don't have any gospel apart from a resurrection, my friend. And they're preaching the gospel here. And notice what? The old Sadducees, they got all stirred up upon it. Verse 2 says, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in hole in the next day, for it is now evening tide. This group of Sadducees, they were grieved because Peter and John preached that you were saved through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's always been some. Who didn't believe the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? In Acts chapter 17, I know I'm reading several scriptures tonight, but Acts chapter 17, Paul preached that great sermon on Mars Hill and gave his invitation. Acts 17, and uh, he said in verse 30, One time God winked at this ignorance, but he can't commandeth all men everywhere to repent now, because he hath appointed a day in which he'll judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance to all men that he raised him from the dead. Paul is saying, let me tell you folks, Jesus rose from the dead and he said through him and he's the one that's going to judge you one day. But look at the results of it. The Bible says in verse 32, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. You see, you got them. Paul had them in his day, you see. They mocked about the resurrection. Some mocked, he said, and others said, we'll hear thee again. We don't have time to listen to this now. We'll listen at you again sometime. And some mocked, but thank God there was some that believed, praise the Lord. In verse 34, it tells us. So they didn't believe. Many folk didn't believe in those days in the resurrection. While that crowd come to Jesus, you remember the old scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 12? And if you remember, they said, show us a sign. Show us a sign. We'd like to have a sign. You still have the same crowd today. And Jesus said, let me tell you, there'll be no sign except the sign of Jonah in the whale. As Jonah was in that great feast, in the belly of the feast three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth, not forever, but three days and three nights. He's coming out of the grave. And he came out, my friend. So we've got infidels. We've got people who don't believe the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm glad it's still so. You've got them that wants to make it just a spirit rising from the grave. So many of your liberals and modernists, they say Jesus rose, a spirit rose. His body came out of the grave, my friend. He came out 
bodily out of the grave. Victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Psalm 16 prophesied of that. He said, he said uh, his, his body would not see corruption. Neither shall thy suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Neither wilt thou leave my soul in hell. He come out of the grave. Jesus conquered death. He conquered hell. And he came out bodily victorious over it. He told Thomas, he said, Thomas, put your hand in the nail prints. Uh, brother, you don't put your hand in the spirit. You don't put your hand in, uh, in a spirit, my friend. There was a literal body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He arose from the grave bodily, and I'm glad that he did. And I praise the Lord for that. Then I think about the resurrection. Not only I think about it as some scoffers and, and so on, and the Old Testament saints believe it, and all Christians believe it, but there's always some scoffers and so on that don't believe it. But then I think about how you can't, you cannot separate the, the resurrection from the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no way. Listen, if you do that, you might as well be a Buddhist. Or you might, have, might as well have the Mohammedan religion. The Mohammedans are millions of them in the world. You know what they do? Mohammed died and they go to his grave and worship him. But not so with us, my friend. No, no. Buddha is dead, and they're still worshiping him. And listen, apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we'd have no more than that kind of religion. Wouldn't be anything. But we don't go worship a dead Savior. We worship a living Savior. You connect it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The resurrection and the saving gospel. You can't take them apart. Listen to this verse. In Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Listen. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. There's your gospel. That God raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved, you see. Uh, so the gospel, the saving gospel, thank God, is included. And then look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Notice what Paul said. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Boy, we need to do some declaring. We've got, listen, folks, we've got the truth. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. And yet we don't share this thing. We need to do some declaring. I one day I was riding down the road a few years ago and I heard turn on the radio and it was a black preacher preaching. He was going at it. Man, I liked it. And he was preaching on declaring, declaring, the word declaring. He said, we need to declare. And then he said, Paul, he said, what are you doing over there in that such a city? Paul said, I'm over here declaring. He said, Peter, wait. He says, I'm declaring. He said, we need to do some declaring. That's the truth. That's what Paul did, you see. He's declared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said here, moreover, brethren, I declare. Declaring to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you received, and wherein ye stand. Uh, he said, By which ye are also saved, if ye didn't keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. Notice, this is the gospel in verse 3. Uh, here, here he said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. And he was buried. That's it, the gospel. He was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. I'm just saying you don't take the this gospel away. The gospel is the resurrection. You know, just the death, that's part of it. But the death burial and resurrection are all part of folks talk about four square, square gospel call it all the squares you want to but my friend the death burial and resurrection is the complete gospel of jesus christ my friend it is that's the complete gospel and paul went on here in this scripture he said in verse five he was seen of cepheus 
That's Peter, of course. He said, Peter saw him. You know how Mary, the two Marys went out to the tomb very early in the morning and they met the angel there and said, I know you've come to seek Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here. He's risen. He's alive now. And they run back to tell Peter and John and they came and run into the, into the tomb. And then uh, Peter saw him, if you remember. And then Mary saw him when she said, where have you laid him? Thought he was the gardener. And he spoke to her and she said, Master, he said, touch me not yet, for I've not yet ascended unto my Father. He ascended. His blood was placed upon the mercy seat. Thank God for that. I'm glad it was. And then he was seen of all of his disciples. Yonder, you remember when he went into the uh, went into the room there with his disciples and of one was missing. And then later he saw him. Thomas saw him. His disciples saw him. Then the Bible said that uh, there was over 500 brethren at one time that seen him. Paul said here that at this particular time when the scripture was written, most of them was still alive. In other words, Paul says we have evidence of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of the saving gospel. You don't take them apart, my friend. Uh, then notice that little word there in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13. If you will, notice it says, you know, there's a difference. If, that little if in there. Notice that little word if. He said, but if... There be no resurrection, my friend. Listen, the resurrection and other truth. There is no other truth apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul said, notice he says, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then what's happened? Christ is not risen. He said, if it would be so that there is no resurrection, then Jesus is not alive, he said. Then goes on there in verse 14. And he says, if he's not risen, then all our preaching through the years is in vain. If the resurrection is not so, all the preaching that I've done for 25 years in this pulpit and every other preacher that's preached through the years is every bit of us been in vain if the resurrection wasn't so, my friend. Now, it is so, but if it wasn't, our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. We've got our faith in a dead Savior if he didn't rise. And our faith is in vain, you see, if he didn't. And he said, then we're false witnesses. We've been around here knocking on doors telling people that there's a Savior that's alive. But if he hadn't arose from the grave, then we'd be false witnesses, Paul says. He reminds us of that, you see. And then he said here, not only would we be false witnesses, our faith would be in vain, but he said we'd still be in our sins if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus arose to justify us before God Almighty, you see. Uh, and if it wasn't for that, then we'd still be in our sins. And then Paul concludes in verse 19, he says we'd be of all men most miserable. He said, you're talking about a miserable bunch of folks. We'd be a miserable bunch of folks if... Christ had not rose from the dead, you see. That little word, if, in there. Yes, but I'm glad he did rise from the grave. I praise the Lord for that. Then I think about, as we study on in this chapter here, the resurrection and immortality. Life, you know, comes through the resurrection. Look in, now I'm in 1 Corinthians 15. Look in verse number 22, if you will. Look at it. For as in Adam all die. Now, we're all in Adam. We're offsprings of Adam. And in Adam all die. But Lotus is, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All, A-W-L, all that's in Christ shall be made alive. Folks, the resurrection, apart from the resurrection, would have no 
no immortality. We'd have no life forever if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But because of the resurrection, we have life forever and ever. One day, if God tears His coming, we're going to lay down these bodies, but we're going to still live on with Him. It's kind of like an old ship, you see. You see it going out of sight, and you say here, it's gone. But over on the other side, they say it's coming. And that's where the child of God, you see, when he leaves this world, we say, well, he's gone. But they say he's coming. I stood at the bedside of some dear saints of God. Their little bony bodies wilted away. Their eyes sunk back in their head. And the sweat upon their brow. Death huddling over them. And they're leaving here. But they're going there. Isn't that a blessing? That's the resurrection, my friend. That's the resurrection, my friend. And that's what Paul said here. In Adam we die, but in Christ we're all made alive. And I'm glad of that. I praise the Lord for that. The Bible talks about the resurrection over here in John chapter number 5. And in verse number 28, listen to what he said. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Now listen. We are alive forevermore. If you're lost tonight, you're still going to live. You know? I mean, you say, well, I, I'm not a Christian, so I'll just die like a dog and be gone. No, you won't. You're going to live. You're going to live. Listen, folks, God made man a living soul, and ten million years from tonight, every one of us is going to be somewhere. we got to live. You can't blow your brains out. we got to live. I mean, you blow them out here, you live yonder, wherever, if you're saved to heaven, if lost, going to hell. You see, we're going to live forever. And here he says in John 5, 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. It's coming, he said, notice, in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And they and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Now, there's, that's not all going to happen one time. There's a thousand years difference in that. But all are going to be right, uh, coming forth out of the grave. Everybody is going to live. It's through, my friend, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can go to heaven. And I thank God for that. Over there in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Listen to verse 23. But every man in his own order... Christ, the first fruits, you see. He's the first fruits. He rose. He said, because I live, you live too, you see. He's the captain of our salvation. Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, they were to Christ at his coming. Afterward, those that belong to him at his coming. It happened through the resurrection, and I praise the Lord for it. Look in verse 35 of 1 Corinthians 15. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? He said, some will say, well, now, how is the dead raised up? What body did they come? Folks, we're going to be resurrected in a body, not in a spirit, but in a body. And Paul says, here some ask that question. Well, now, how are they going to be raised? He says, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die, he said. But look in verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption, and it's raised in incorruption. Because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, one day these old bodies, if Jesus tears his coming, is going back to the grave. They're corrupt. 
They're corrupt. But that, the Scripture said, here in this verse, it is sown in corruption, but it's raised in incorruption. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? You know, I was thinking of Uncle Orville today. I don't know. I had him on my mind. J.C.'s dad. I preached out of a Bible this morning that he gave me after he got saved. I've tried to preserve it. The leaves are loose in it and everything. And I last night I got it out and I had some notes and things wrote in it, you know. And I I was trying to patch it together and I got me some tape and fixed it up together and I used it this morning. I was thinking about him. I remember when he got saved. I remember when he died. I remember how his little how his body one time was a strong, strong man. I mean, he could shake hands with you. I don't care what man you are. He could shake hands with you and you'd go down on your knees. Had more grip than any man I've ever seen. But that body wilted away. And I'll never forget the awful, corruptible body that he left here in this world in. But God says it's sown in corruption but it's going to be raised in incorruption. That's because of the resurrection tonight, friend. That's because in many, many more of the same way. I think of Lawrence Grace. I can go back through the years. Paul Casper. You name them. Mrs. Bowman. On down through the years. I've been here a long time. We've buried a lot of good old saints through the years. And I've seen their bodies from go from 150, 200 pounds down to 50 and 60 pounds, little wilted bodies. Yes, but one of these days, there's going to be a getting up time. And they're going to be resurrected, an incorruptible body. And I thank God for that. And it all happened because of what we're celebrating today, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I praise the Lord for that. The Bible says, in First John chapter 3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We could be called or should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, even as it knew him not. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Listen, First John 3, It doth not appear yet what we shall be, but we know this, that when he appeareth, we shall be like him. You say, preacher, how old do you think we're going to be? Well, just let me speculate a little bit. I think we'll be about 33 years old. You know, people have little babies, you know, that die and they say, oh, I want my little baby. You don't want your little baby to be a little baby all the time. You wouldn't want to go out uh, 10 million years from now and that little baby be a little baby in heaven. And then, and then, uh, oh, folks, we can't hardly get around this morning down here at the rest home when we had this, uh, uh, uh sunrise service and, and bless their hearts, those elderly folks that rolled them out in wheelchairs and some walking along. One dear old lady had a cane. She couldn't hardly get around. And she says, I broke my hip, preacher. And she just said, I said, just take your time. Took her a while and they got out there and all of that. Now, listen, we wouldn't want those folks to have to put up with that in heaven, but they're going to have a body. The Bible said we're going to be like Jesus. You say, preacher, now, Jesus was about 33 years old when he left this world. I couldn't say definitely, I, I, but I have a right to just believe that anyway. We're going to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we're going to be like him, I think that'd be just about the age that all of us would be in heaven. And we're going to have glorified bodies, you see, like our Savior, you see. A body, my friend, that just go through a wall. I mean, you think about that, a body like Jesus. You know, he didn't have to unlock a door. He just, you know, after he, after he rose from the grave, if you remember over there, and when the disciples were over there in the room, he just appeared, and there he was. Well, when he said, you said, preacher, you think, yeah, I believe that with all my heart. I believe I'm going to have a body that I just, I just, you know, 
I mean, right now, if Jesus come back, you see, this old body is subject to physical death. This mortal would put on immortality. And just like that, I don't have to worry about how I get through that ceiling up there. I don't have to worry about that. I just go through it. A new body just going through it. You don't have to unlock anything. Just keep going, you see. Now, all of that's because of the resurrection, fall. Don't take that away from me. That's my blessed hope. That's it, my friend. That's it, my friend. Listen, the older I get, and I'm not old. I don't like to think about it, but I'll soon be 50 years old. And I know that I can't do what I used to do. I realize that. I begin to feel a few aches and pains. But I'm glad, bless God, I'll leave the aches and pains behind one of these days. And the dear old saints of God, Brother Akers, is laying over yonder tonight with his body all twisted up. And is going down just to mend a little bit on it. Down at the, down at the hospital, at the VA hospital. Bless God, he'll have a brand new body just by the time you bat your eye. All of that come through the resurrection my friend, of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad of that tonight. I praise the Lord tonight. We'll have immortal bodies. Let me give you a verse of Scripture to a blessing to me. I'm going to close in a few moments. Listen over here in Philippians chapter 3. Listen to what Paul said for our conversations in heaven. From whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this verse, verse 21 of Philippians 3. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto what? His glorious body. You see, His glory. A body like Jesus. If Jesus can go through the wall and I got a body like Him, if there's a wall there, bless God, I can go through it too. Amen. That's right. That's what He said here. That's what He said. May be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. All of this is through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I think about the future. A blessed resurrection, the future resurrections. There's going to be a resurrection day, first of all, first of all, of God's people. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive remain are going to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. That's known as the rapture. And then at the end of the tribulation, the tribulation saints, those who are going to be saved during the tribulation, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 that they'll be beheaded because they will not take the mark of the beast. But it says they're going to reign with Christ a thousand years. So at the end, at the end of the seven years when we come back to earth with Christ, they're going to be resurrected too. You ever thought about that? Now, they're counted in the first resurrection, but they've got to be, because the Bible, you read it in Revelation 20, along about verse 4 or 5, it says that those that were slain and beheaded for the witness of Christ, they shall reign with him a thousand years too. So he's going to raise them from the dead too. And then we're going to reign with Christ a thousand years upon the earth. And then at the end of the thousand years, there's your other resurrection of the dead. Those who didn't know Christ, they're going to come forth and be resurrected and stand before the Lord and hear him say, depart from me. And there's going to be an eternal lake of fire for you if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Those things are the resurrections tonight. Then Paul closes, and I'm going to close too. I'm just trying to actually preach a little bit of all this, all this chapter tonight. It's all about the resurrection. But the last thought I'd like to leave with you tonight. Think of the resurrection and the motivation that it ought to give us, the resurrection. Paul closes this chapter in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. Listen to what he said. The very last verse, he talks about how that the corrupt will put on incorruptible, mortal put on immortality and so on. And your last verse, listen to what he says. 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What's Paul saying? Paul is saying the resurrection ought to motivate us to serve him. That's what he's saying. When you go out here, you know, and uh, you knock on somebody's door and they're not at home. You say, oh, my, I ought to have been over yonder twiddling on my toes or doing something. You know, it didn't do any good. No, no, listen, if you went in the name of the Lord, it's not in vain. God put it down to your record up yonder, you see. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding where? In the work of the Lord. That's the way he concludes this resurrection chapter. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That ought to motivate us to keep going as a child of God. Now, I close with saying this. If you're not a Christian, if you don't know this Jesus who came out of the grave, we want to introduce you to him tonight, and I want you to come in the invitation to accept him as your Lord and your Savior tonight. He will save you, and he, thank God, will take you to heaven one of these days. And I'm glad of that. We want you to come to know him. Let's bow our heads in just a word of prayer. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.